0: This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organization. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz A new day We're moving
1: away. Right we Where nobody's heard of our name Where we can begin again Feel we can win and then Live just like living should be Got a new situation, a new destination And old no reputation following me we're, moving. So we're getting out, we're moving house. 65 the Scalmersdale the Lane, day lane. It's
2: the country boys. What's it like
1: there? The air is so few, you get drunk just from breathing The washing stays clean on the line There's space for the kids, cause the garden's so big It would take you a week just to reach the far Come on Sammy and Mickey, we've all got to help uh, Excuse us, we've got a pack, we're moving away
2: The Lord has delivered
0: us at last. <laughs> <laughs> we must have the chance to turn off. Clap yeah. your hands, grab your whistle, give it a blast. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Goodbye to the river and the trash and the trouble. Goodbye to this gun and this rubber. <laughs> Wherever you're going, we hope you go knowing. That, that as far as, as you're, you're going, going won't be bad <laughs> enough. <A> good ridden.
1: <laughs> Just pack up the bags, we're leaving the rags. The wobbly wardrobe, chest of drawers that never close. The two-legged chair, the carpet so bare. You wouldn't see it if it wasn't for the hose. It's sunny. Now that we're moving, now that we're improving, let's just wash our hands of this lot. It's no longer fitting for me to be sitting on a sofa, I know where our back was ripped off. We might get a car. The old la dog, And go driving out to the sand We're coming And at the weekend A gentleman friend Might take me to to the local band We'll have a front room And then if it should happen That his holiness flies in from a roll He can sit there with me Eating toast, drinking tea In the softness of surroundings That remind him of Rome. Like the country, isn't it, man? Oh, we'll be all right out here, son. Away from the muck and the dirt and the bloody trouble. I could dance. Come here! Get off! A bright new day moving away. We're starting I haven't seen you happy like this for ages. Oh, I am happy now, look. Where's the others? They went in that field over there. Oh. Sammy, get off that bleeding cow before I kill you. That cow's a bull. Come here, the lot of you. <laughs> now we can begin again, feel we can win and then live just like living should be.
3: theatre nerds you are back with us Mel and Mike on backstage and in fact we have a special guest with us today we'll get to that shortly but thanks for joining us it was uh, Mel who kicked things off last week so it's my turn this time and I've got to say actually last week's show I really enjoyed it It was good fun.
4: Yeah I really enjoyed last week too. Never heard of You're a Good Man Charlie Brown.
3: I know. I I love it when I tell you stuff you don't know.
4: You know I've listened to it since then I don't know if I'm a big fan. I'm not. It's a bit boring. Yeah, it is. But like I said last week, it's a small show, easily
3: done for schools, that sort of thing. And if you're yeah. wondering why we're talking about that particular show, go back and listen to last week's episode.
4: That's all there for you on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, accessmedia.nz. It's everywhere.
3: And a big shout-out, too, to Diane Connors, who didn't realise that she was going to be featuring in two, <laughs> two episodes, one after the other. But I had such a good conversation with her from Thames Music and Drama. Plus, our musical of the week, as we said, was a good. You're a Good Man, Charlie Brown. This week... Our special guest is a friend of both of us, B- Jacinta Parsons, B- is in the studio, live and in colour. And it's good to see you. Yeah,
4: good to see you. Thank you
5: I have to say, I'm going to have to go back and listen to that episode as well. I'm intrigued. Do you know you're
4: a good man, Charlie Brown? I don't. It's literally about Peanuts comics, mm, Charlie
5: Brown. I'm going to go and listen.
3: It's, it's a feel-good, simple, you know, morals kind of thing. If you've read the Peanuts comic strip, you know what the show's about. Mm-hmm. That's it.
4: Okay. Mm, yeah. I think nostalgic value is (laughs) its biggest strength. strength.
3: But this week, of course, we're getting really special because for a number of reasons, we have decided this week, the musical of the week is going to be (gasps) Blood Brothers. (gasps) And both Mel and I... Confidently thought that we had already
4: done this show as our Musical of the Week. I'm still not 100% sure that we haven't.
3: (laughs) Flipping back through the records, I can confidently say um,
4: I don't think we did. Okay, well, if anyone wants to prove Mike wrong, we're here for it. No, I'm (laughs) I'm
3: sure we haven't done it as Musical of the Week. We have talked about it, though, Mm. and I'm I'm fairly certain that when we thought about doing it as a Musical of the Week, we both thought, well, we can wait till later because we're going to be doing it soon. Mm. And it would be a good time to do it then. And now suddenly we're only two and a half weeks away from opening the show in Hamilton through Hamilton Musical Theatre at Riverley Theatre. So it's time to do it, and that's why us here.
5: I pestered you, Mel, didn't I? When yeah. I um, co-hosted with you when you were, I think you were away at some point, Mike, and I said, I need to do Blood Brothers. And um, Mel, you said... Mike will kill me if I let you do do Blood Brothers without him so I did lay Miz instead which I couldn't believe you hadn't already done but uh, I was happy about it I'm a little
4: sad that you got it but that's fine
5: that's okay yeah (laughs) so thank you for bringing me in to talk about Blood Brothers with you
3: well I I know it's special to you uh being from Liverpool and it's a Liverpudlian story and for all of those reasons plus the fact we think you're a pretty neat kind of person to have in the air anyway um we thought it was time to get you back in Thank and, you. And give you a chance to have a yarn about something um, that is that good. But before we get into all of that sort of stuff, there is a, a plethora of theatrical stuff starting to happen around the region again.
4: Yeah. The meteor opens it's again exciting. this week. Yeah. Oh, does it? Yeah, with, their um, loo's
3: are ready to flush.
4: I did have a little <laughs> sneak peek in there uh, at the beginning of this week. I had a rehearsal for the shepherd and the beekeeper, and so I was upstairs, and oh, you know, I couldn't help myself. Is, how are they? they? It's a They're good pretty special. Are they worth really? the wait? Oh yeah. Oh, you guys are going to love those thrones. I didn't use the throne, but I did look. You did look. <laughs> well, that's all you have to They've, do. It's
5: do. it's long long overdue, I think. So that's a fantastic. It's a
4: whole new layout in up. there.
5: I
3: think you guys will be excited.
4: Ooh. Awesome. And doors, as, as, much, as
3: much as one can be excited about such things.
4: I don't know. You've been members of this community long enough, and you've used the media <laughs> long enough <laughs> yeah. that these toilets will be exciting for you. I'd really, I'd be really chuffed if they've got um, you know an
3: obsequious little person in there handing you a hand towel <laughs> and offering, offering you a mix. It smells new part-time
5: job. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do, sir? <laughs> have a hand, towel. <laughs> they have to be English. <laughs>
3: also, um, just apropos of the fact that we are talking about Blood Brothers today, I have done a, a quick interview with our director for the Hamilton production, Angela Walker, and it was really illuminating. We'll be featuring that in the program a bit later on, too.
4: We sure will. But I am just let's start talking about Blood Brothers, the musical. Oh, you right? want me
3: to get into it right away?
4: Yeah, let's just do it right now, because I'm dying to know why you want to do it, why you love it. I'm looking at them saying these things
5: so mm.
4: our dear listeners have no idea but I want to know why
5: I, I actually would like to know Mike why it's special to you
3: because mm. um, I she, I don't know I can remember when the show toured New Zealand with David Soul was playing the narrator and I can't remember who the rest of the cast was was it
4: Annie Whittle Annie Whittle I think, I think she was
3: and I had not heard of it and uh, you know I wasn't unaware of musical theatre but this was a show I didn't know and I delved into it a little bit and then thought nothing of it and then 2010 came along and somebody said, we're going to put on Blood Brothers. Would you like to audition for the role of the narrator? And I said, hell yeah, that'll be damn good. Sure. So I did and had the time of my life. It was wonderful. That was in Nelson in 2010. And it was a, a great production, worked with some wonderful people. And it was... Um, I think the first full musical to be done in the Theatre Royal in Nelson if you know anything at all about theatre in New Zealand you know the Theatre Royal is the oldest wooden theatre in the Southern Hemisphere and it was completely rebuilt from the proscenium arch back and all of the um, auditorium also um, refurbished not that long ago around about t- it took about three years from about 2007 to 2010 and this was the first big production to be mounted in there wow. after it was reopened and we had a wonderful season of two weeks with full houses and it was just fabulous to see so many people so moved by a production that had so much to offer. And I'm not talking about our particular production of it, but of the show, of the music, of the story, the emotion, the depth of writing that's gone into uh, what Willie Russell has crafted was far more than I ever imagined it could be. And so I've loved it ever since. And when the opportunity came to look at doing it here, I thought, I'm going to put two thumbs up for that. Yeah. Absolutely.
4: That's funny, isn't it? Because... I first listened to the album before seeing it for the first time, and this is at Founders Theatre oh, early to mid, after 2010 sometime, maybe, around then. Um, so I saw Ham Ops' production of it, and I. but I listened to a little bit of the album before that, and I wasn't remotely inspired. You know that, mm. the keys, and, mm-hmm. and it sounds really if 80s, it, 90s. It
5: does feel dated when you listen to the music exclusively. Yeah, yeah.
4: And then you see the show and it's not that at all. Well, it is, but it's so much more than but you that. you
3: see, that's right. You, you look at it all in context and, it, and mm. it's got something going for it, which I'll get to in my brief summary shortly. See, so I'm listening to that, both that's both of why you I'm into it.
5: talk about it. And it's it's so baffling to me because it's such a local story. And I, I was looking it up today and all the awards it's received, all the nominations... Um, you know the run on Broadway, the international tours, and I'm thinking, but it's just a story about Liverpool, and it's really, you know, it's it's actually so universal. But there is something quite surreal about this family from Liverpool that got put into a musical, you know, a, an imaginary family, and yet the same family as so many people in Liverpool, and and that people around the world want to see it. It's yeah, it's surreal.
4: I wonder if you feel about Blood Brothers the way we might feel about that bloody woman. Yeah, should, should be. You know, should that mm. get performed on Broadway? Say,
5: there's almost like an element of ownership to it. Like it's our story. Yeah, and yeah. It's crazy that it's over here in New Zealand and in America and in Australia. You know, it's, it's everywhere. It oh. is. Yeah. But when
3: you think of that, do you have certain expectations of it as a result of that?
5: I wouldn't say expectations. I'd say more. I would hope to see it done justice. You know, I'd hope it to be given the the standard that it would deserve i I guess
4: you want to recognize home in it
5: yeah yeah and it's really hard to convey because i mean you know we often talk about new zealand about as being like the uk but better you know that's that's the cliche (laughs) but actually can people can people get into the heart of it can they really get to grips with what the story is about and and be those people convincingly and um yeah does it does it does it translate I, through I, all those countries? I think the
3: answer to that question is yes, mm. and, and I've got I multiple reasons for saying that, and I'll get to that shortly. But um, one of the other reasons we've got centre here today is that she is actively involved in the background with this production uh, and has come on board in a... Um, not official, but certainly a, a very helpful capacity as um, a dialect coach because you live a battalion, you scouse. So for us to, not to, to learn how to speak scouse, you go you go to somebody who is uh, right.
5: Well, apparently, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Say something scouse. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I? Uh, you'll hear it now when I start speaking with a Scouse yeah. accent it's really really hard to not let it proper creep into my voice so was
4: your accent more like that when you, lived,
5: when you were growing no. up no well no because my nana wouldn't really let us speak with an accent and we did go to a very good school that was on the other side of Liverpool and kind of just on the, just about, still in Liverpool in a it's place called Crosby, and you know it wasn't a very, it was a, it was a posh school as far as Liverpool schools go. So in, if when I go back home, people say, oh, where are you from?
6: Uh, right. And I
5: say, oh well, I'm, I'm just from down the road. And then, and then when I'm here and people speak <laughs> yeah, to me, right. often they can kind of place me. But people from, you know, Manchester or nearby, they would, they would be able to place me as Liverpool. Yeah. 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 Oh, and when I'm drunk and when I'm angry is. <laughs> Yeah, you yeah. know you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah
3: okay. I hope I never hear that <laughs> you might all right, shall I get into the story, <laughs> yes, Let's please well, i won 't tell you the story actually blood brothers uh, is a unique take on on various morals, I guess uh it 's kind of like a moral tale uh, i'm not going to give any spoilers i'm not going to really, you? no mm. I will tell you as much as I can to try and pique your interest and tell you why it 's such a special story. It's a musical with book, lyrics and music, everything, written by a guy called Willie Russell, who's written um, Educating Rita, Shirley Valentine, a bunch of other stuff as well. He's a talented man when it comes to finding Mm. a voice for particular characters. They seem to be a lot of women in, in his writing, but there's also a lot of young voices in what he does.
4: Is he English?
3: He's from Liverpool. Oh, he is? Yeah. Okay. So yes, he is, he is English, but he's very politically aware and very motivated to try and sort of address a lot of social issues in, in his writing.
5: Fully well, enough, he's from a place called Weston, which people in Liverpool would count distinctively not as Liverpool, but right. obviously then he got famous, so he claimed it. You know? <laughs> he, he, he's from Liverpool. <laughs> yeah, of course <laughs> sure.
3: It's a contemporary nature versus nurture plot, really, revolving around fraternal twins Mickey and Eddie, who were separated at birth, one subsequently being raised in a wealthy family. The other one by a poor family. The different environments take the twins to opposite ends of the social spectrum and one becomes a counsellor, the other one becomes unemployed, spends some time in prison. They both fall in love with the same girl, causing a rift in their friendship and leading to the tragic death of both the brothers. Now that is not a spoiler alert because the death Mm -hmm. is mentioned right at the beginning.
4: First scene. So... Oh, no, never mind. I was going to ask. So how do they even know each other if they were separated
5: ah. at birth? Oh. Ah. You'll have to see the show, you have man. to see the
4: show. Willie Russell says his work
3: was based on a one-act play that he read as a child about two babies switched at birth. And he's just extrapolated that into something else. He originally wrote and presented the thing as a school play, and it was first performed at Fazakali. 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 I knew I'd get that wrong. Fazakali. <laughs> comprehensive school in Liverpool in November of 1981 in conjunction with Merseyside Young People's Theatre. He then wrote a score and developed the musical for a production at Liverpool Playhouse opening January of 83 starring Barbara Dixon as Mrs Johnston, Andrew Schofield as the narrator, George Costigan as Mickey and Andrew C. Wadsworth as Eddie. It was only a modest success but the show transferred to London's West End in April of that year at the Lyric Theatre and ran all the way through to October. It won the Laurence Olivier Award for Best New Musical and went on to a year-long national tour before returning for a big revival at the West End in 1988, where it stayed at the Oldbury Theatre for three years, transferring after that to the Phoenix Theatre in 1991. In total, it ran for more than 24 years wow. in the West End and played more than 10,000 performances, becoming the third longest-running musical production in West End history. Mm-hmm
5: how do we never talk about
3: this? Yeah, that's why we're here now.
5: (laughs) Makes me feel so proud to hear you say all of that stuff because it's nothing, I don't know, but it's you know, like Andrew Schofield uh, at the Playhouse. He he is still doing the main Christmas pantomime in Liverpool the at, at, at The Everyman. He he is he is a legend yeah. and he is I would have loved to see that first show. So it
3: makes you think that Willie Willie Russell must have had some real clout to get both Barbara Dixon and Andrew Schofield in on their very first production and they I think really sold the whole thing.
5: Well he, he took a show, I forget which one it is, but up to the Edinburgh Fringe and off the back of that he was he was recommended to the Everyman and the Everyman is a very artsy kind of independent theatre in uh, in Liverpool, just by the Catholic Cathedral, and it's it's a, it's basically a breeding ground of incredible talent. And the work that comes out of the Everyman is always of a really high standard. But it's produced so many. I think Pete Postlethwaite and um, Julie Walters mm. um, had something to do with it. It's there's there's like a cohort of actors that came out of there mm. that have gone on to do massive massive things and so if you can get into the every then you, you're going places in okay. the hall. yeah
3: the show closed in november of 2012 finally the musical's been produced with great success on tour on broadway and elsewhere it's developed a wide following pretty much around the globe now. Casting for the show has been extraordinary too, and I'm touching on that with what you said, Jacinta. There's a long list of very recognisable names associated with it over the years. The central role of Mrs. Johnston has been played in various productions by, among other people, Kiki Dee, Angela Richards, Barbara Dixon, Stephanie Lawrence has played the role more times than anybody else. Clodagh Rogers, Lynn Paul, Siobhan McCarthy, Four of the Nolan sisters, remember the Nolans from the 1990s? Mm-hmm. Bill's yep. shaking your head, just in the nose. I have the no idea. Irish sister band. Thing. C'est la vie. Melanie cause, Melanie okay, Chisholm yeah. has played the role. You know, do you know Melanie Chisholm? C from the Spice
4: Girls. <laughs> I know who C is, guys.
5: <laughs> I think she did really well. She got a, a nomination, was it? T- did t- uh, she made her West
3: End debut and received an Olivia nomination Olivia, in yeah. 2009. Yeah. Absolutely. Who did she played Mrs. Johnston. Mrs. Johnston, yeah. Mrs.
5: Johnson, yeah. I, I really like her voice. What a woman, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: Marty Webb has played the role. Vivian Carlyle, Nikki Evans, Amy Robbins, Natasha Hamilton, Helen Reddy, Rebecca Storm, Carol King. And
4: Carol Kane, yeah, oh King. my God, in, on isn't she an American? Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
3: and Petula Clark, she is featuring in the international cast recording that we're listening to today from 1995, and that is where she's backed by the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. Oh, what a wow. treat! And also on that uh, soundtrack, uh, David Cassidy playing Mickey, really? and his half brother Sean Cassidy plays uh, Eddie.
4: Cool. And the
3: narrator on that recording, as you'll hear later, is... Willie Willie Russell. Russell.
5: So was that just for the anniversary concert that he was the narrator? Yes. Yeah, And they
3: they did that as a a special recording. Cool. Is that available Uh, to watch anywhere? No, no, it was only a, um, it was in studio recording, as far as I know. Oh, he never actually played the role on stage. Damn. He has done multiple readings from it over the years. But Petula Clark did the role on Broadway, which is why she got involved in that. Mickey has been played by Con O'Neill, who won an Olivia Award for his performance. Russell Bolter, Stephen McCann, Paul Crosby, Anthony Costa, Stephen Dennis, Andy Snowden, David Cassidy, as I mentioned, Michael J. Cook, among others other actors to play eddie include mark hutchinson and sean cassidy david's real-life half-brother narrators in the past andrew scofield warwick evans carl wayne adrian Zmed, david soul who's ex starsky hutch tv series he's the guy that i saw touring new zealand i didn't actually see it but i saw that he was touring with that one and marty Pellow, who's a scottish singer with the band wet 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 mm. and uh has forged a, a pretty solid career in musical theater over the years too Brothers uh, had a few outings in Australia the first one in 1988 which featured Russell Crowe as Mickey. No way. I would
5: have loved to see that. He Accents are not his strong point. Not his strong point. No.
4: <laughs> Nothing is his strong point.
3: The second one was 1994 and that's the production that went to Auckland and Wellington and then there have been revivals in recent years as well. It also had a good trot on Broadway as we mentioned from 1993 to 95 with several members of the various British casts making a debut in that. The production received Tony Award nominations for Best Musical, Best Book, Best Direction as well as Stephanie Lawrence for Best Actress, Con O'Neill as Best Actor and Jan Gravison as Best Featured Actress as uh, Linda, the love interest of the two boys. They didn't win any Tonys though, they
4: just got the noms. They just got the noms. Yeah. Petula Clark, Catholic David Catholic.
3: Cassidy also starred in the US National Tour from 1994 to 95, and that was when they got together with Willie Russell and did the recording with the Royal Philharmonic that we are listening to today. Internationally, Blood Brothers has also done really well. Surprisingly, there's been a South African adaptation set in District 6. Oh, so cool. it's become not a I Liverpool story, it's become a, a South African story. Is it the same music? I don't know. I didn't delve any deeper than that. I would say oh. yes. I, I guess but it did. i did. But it's it gets done with South African accent.
5: It's like what I was saying before about that story the being. So, yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, mm. It's
3: also been produced several times in the Czech Republic and Slovakia in their own languages, as well as other countries in Europe. And then there's Argentina, Mexico, Japan, Korea, Canada, adding into the mix as well. Wow. The original play also gets an outing now and then, mostly in school situations. I've not ever seen it, but I find it hard, actually, to imagine it without the music. I would think it'd be pretty hard. Oh, I'd love to see it.
5: And, yeah, I can see that being a perfect school play. Can you? Yeah, you know, they're all the same age, aren't they, you know, and...
3: Yeah, I guess. Yeah. you has got a couple Something of senior students with. to play with. the mums and yeah. the adults.
5: Yeah. Yeah. And at school you've got all those kind of feelings of, oh, that kid's better off than me and, you know, the rich kids. Oh, yeah, they yeah. all identify with that, don't they? Yeah.
3: yeah. To be honest, though, I found it hard to track down the critics' responses to the original productions way back in the 80s, but it seems from what I have seen that Willie Russell definitely touched a nerve with his... Oh little show that he made Uh, It's remained one of the most highly regarded musicals in the world for its emotional impact its simple storytelling and its social commentary and it has remained, as we said timeless. Set in the early 60s it still talks about the things that bedevil society today and it shines a rather uncomfortable spotlight on some of the gaps between those who have a lot and those who really struggle to get by and for me that's the hallmark of a great story and that's why it is studied in school the same way that other great literature is. Uh, I'm putting it in the same Park as, as Shakespeare and other great musicals like West Side Story and others that uh, have got something to say, you know. I can't see it ever not really being relevant, so I think it'll be around for a while.
4: You know, I agree, and I am sitting here miming, tearing my hair out to Jacinta and Mike, and it is because I've had conversations with theatre people who say that Blood Brothers didn't really take off, it didn't it wasn't <laughs> relevant, it, nobody knows it, you know, those sorts of, that mm. sort of rhetoric. And this has had more performances than most of the shows mm. that we've ever talked about in these last this three years. exactly
5: right. It's way more mainstream than I think I realised as well. You know, I've heard the longest running musical on the West on End. On the West End, yeah. yeah you
4: know. 10,000 yeah. performances. Most of the shows we've ever spoken about don't even have half that. Yeah, yeah. somewhere yeah, in
3: the right. hundreds. Yeah. And it, for you though, isn't it still, it's a local story. And it, it has is. that element for you, but it has this universality that um, other people can see.
5: It, it, you know, it's it's so it feels personal because. Are you Edie? The place at Puddin.
4: You're Edie, yeah. You're Edie. <laughs> I think you're Edie, and I'm Mickey. Uh, I think I'm
5: somewhere between Maddie or or um yeah. I, I, I don't think I'm Eddie. I don't think I'm Mickey. But I but I but I think I know many Eddies and I certainly know some Mickeys as well, because. Mm yeah i mean i i've told you that i well i told mel mike you don't know this i told mel after five shows in 12 months that i opened up until last may that i was taking a year off theater and i was then devastated to find out that blood brothers was was coming on (laughs) and even if i would decided to break my promise so that i could um actually have a life Um, I then fell pregnant and now uh, have a 12 year old baby so I definitely wouldn't have been able to be involved but I was so desperate to somehow still be involved in this amazing show that I as you mentioned before contacted Angela the director and said look I'm a speech therapist from Liverpool can I um, you know maybe be your accent advisor and um, give some help in that way and and kind of and you offered to do it for free yeah um yeah well, for the price of a couple of comps on opening <laughs> night, actually, just to clarify. Well, I have, to, I have to say it's been invaluable
3: as well because you've been able to give, well, me in particular, little cues. To help me settle on the accent and, and, and be true to the, the essence of it anyway. I won't get it 100% right. I know I won't. It's not an easy thing. I'm a accent. Kiwi guy trying to do a, a very difficult regional dialect. And it, and well, not with that attitude. It, and to do it no, with expression. No, he's good. Yeah. No, he's, it's, he's, he's, it's tricky. And um, it. we will, all of us, be giving 100% to it. And, and your input has certainly been valuable. But I, I think I really kind of want to draw a bit of a line under that for today's discussion. Mm-hmm. Because... Uh, We just don't have time to go too much further into it. And we would Uh, just talk about it all day. We we could. could talk about it all day. But honestly, I I think this is, out of all the shows that I've done in recent times, this is one that I think really does deserve bums on seats. And I want to see, you know, the Riverley Theatre packed out for two weeks for this because it's a show that deserves it. It has so much to say. Woody Russell's writing in the rhyming couplets and everything that I have to do as narrator is so beautiful. It's like reading poetry. So profound. Yeah and the lyrics to the songs talk about simple stuff but in Mm. such poetic and wonderful ways it is a truly moving and and touching story that should leave you walking out of the theater thinking and thinking
5: and mike you're looking really good the whole cast is looking really good and angela is doing a fantastic job i i can't wait to see it and i totally agree it deserves all the bums on the seats it can get
4: yeah well i if the show isn't enough to drag you along, the stunning cast should be Mike's in it, Patrick Ward's in it, Eckhart Becker's in it, Catherine Harris, Phil Miles, Laurie Johnson, Heather Connolly, stunning Hamilton cast.
5: And just seeing a, a quick first half a, a, in a run-through on Sunday at rehearsal, I'll just say the chemistry that Eckhart and Patrick have as the, the brothers is is really something else.
4: Patrick's really good at that. Yeah. I don't know Ecard, but Patrick's really good at that. Oh, they're both they're totally
5: yeah. convincing. Yeah. Totally totally. And oh, and and, and the beautiful thing, I know we've got to stop talking about this, is that you see them <laughs> at age 7, nearly 8, uh age 15, 16, yeah, is 40, it? Well, 14, 14, through 14 to 18. And then as adults and and you know, as uh, as actors that is challenging in itself to get your head around one character let alone at three different stages of their lives, but they are just yeah, yeah I'm, I'm oh I just got gooseies, I can't wait <laughs> I, I cried uh, in that rehearsal so anyway <laughs> was only the first I'll leave half it of there the
3: show. it's all coming together let's have a music break
1: <laughs> once I had a husband for well, you know the sort of chap I met him at a dance and how he came on with the chat are you
2: dancing I
4: think you're
1: a bleeding <laughs> he said me eyes were deep blue pools me skin was soft as snow
4: lovely
1: He told me I was sexier than Marilyn Monroe And we went dancing We went dancing Then of course I found that I was six weeks overdue We got married at the registry And then we had a do We all had Curly salmon sandwiches and how the ale did flow. Yeah. They said the bride was lovelier than Madeline Monroe, and we went dancing. We went dancing. Then the baby came along. We called him
4: Darren Wayne. Oh.
1: Then three months on, I found that I was in the club. Again. I love it,
2: bleeding
1: and though I still fancy dancing, me husband wouldn't go.
2: Get lost, will you? With
1: a wife he said was twice the size of Madeline Monroe. No more dancing. <laughs> no more dancing. At the time that I was 25 I looked like 42 With seven hungry mouths to feed And one more nearly due And me husband, he walked out on me A month or two ago For a girl they say who looks a bit like Madeline on and they go dancing. 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 They go dancing.
3: Marilyn Monroe from our musical of the week Blood Brothers. You're with Merle and Mike and Jacinta backstage on Hamilton's Free FM
4: Now because we had a public holiday this week Anzac Day, Mike did a sneakily planned pre-recorded interview with Angela Walker who we've talked about uh, directing Blood Brothers at Rivley Theatre I've raved about Angela in the past, she was the director of my very 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 first show ever, Bye Bye Birdie in 2003 Like I've mentioned she's currently directing Blood Brothers for Hamilton Musical Theatre and here is what she had to say to
7: Mike about it
3: Why did you want to do this show?
7: Okay, well, I can certainly talk about that.
3: Okay, go for it.
7: Okay. Why did I want to do Blood Brothers? Well, I have to tell you, Mike, I've had a love affair with Blood Brothers since, I think it was 1984, that I went to see Barbara Dixon in the West End play Mrs. Johnson. And uh, she was... She was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, it helped, obviously, the fact she was Scottish. That definitely pleased me. (laughs) But she was phenomenal and her... In fact, everything about the show captivated me. And it, it was the start of a very, very long obsession if you like that I've developed for the show which I've seen it 25 times I've seen it yeah I've seen it 25 times I've seen it done by professionals I've seen it done by amateurs I've seen it done incredibly and I've seen it done really badly but I certainly know quite a lot about the show as a result of seeing it 25 times
3: the fact that you have seen it 25 times, is that what drove you to want to direct it?
7: Well, actually, I i directed it many, many years ago for uh, a youth theatre that was actually set up for um, underprivileged youth in the UK um, whose lives had been sort of touched by crime. And I directed... Blood Brothers. In fact, I got special permission from Willie Russell himself to direct it with this group of of, um, young people. They were probably 14 to 18 year olds. And we actually took the production down to Liverpool. So these were Scottish children speaking with Liverpudlian accents and performing to people in Liverpool. They performed to a, a school's audience in Liverpool. Uh, At that time, it wasn't available to actually be performed. But uh, the the wonderful Mr Russell said that that we could actually do it. And actually, maybe it it kind of deepened my affair with it because the lives of the children involved or young people involved were changed as a result of that experience. How long ago was that? Mm, Gosh, no, you're (laughs) 1988. So what's happened
3: between then and now, here you are in Hamilton directing of GMT? Uh,
7: OK, well, lots has happened. Um, obviously, babies have happened. And coming to New Zealand has obviously happened as well. But I've never stopped loving Blood Brothers. And um, every year, I mean, I taught in the UK, as you probably gathered, but I used to take a group to see to the West End of London, to the Phoenix Theatre, to see Blood Brothers because I was so passionate about it and as a result (laughs) the children that I was teaching became passionate about it as well and then of course it became a little bit more popular and it was able to be done by more than the pros and you know I saw it done elsewhere too and when I came to New Zealand I've I've seen it done a few times in New Zealand too not in Nelson so I didn't see you Mike
3: okay fair enough what is it about the show, though, that uh, attracts you to it so much? What, the are the, what are the key things that you take away from it that make you feel so the connected show, to it?
7: The show is about humanity, and it's relevant. It doesn't matter when it's done, it's relevant. It's obviously, you know, when Willie Russell wrote it, he wrote it really with a view to, uh, you know, being about the class system, which exists primarily in the UK, but it's about so much more. It's about childlessness... And it's about friendship and family, love. It, it's it's about so many different things that, that affect people on a daily basis. And, and I think it's been written to appeal to everybody. I really do it. It's written to appeal to human human beings in general.
3: <laughs> Tell me about your approach to this production.
7: As you know... I mean, I've waited probably quite a long time to, to do this in New Zealand. And My approach was I, I need to make a good job of it. I need to take all of my experiences over the past however many years of being in love with the show and I need to basically put that on stage. And I'm a Scottish woman, so I won't rest until I've actually done that. <laughs>
3: When it comes to the, uh, the writing and the uh, music and the lyrics and everything, do you have a, a particular feeling about the way that Willie Russell has crafted this thing?
7: Well, originally, it's funny you should say that, because originally I thought, my God, this man writes so well for women. But in fact, I think he's a little bit cleverer than that. He, he hasn't just written well for women. He's written, he's written it with a view to appeal to everybody you know, to, to even to, to young people, to, to people who maybe wouldn't normally be hooked into theatre, he hooks them in with the way that he has written it. He's, he, he's written it, you know, it's got a contemporary feel about it. So no matter when you perform it, you know, young people would love it. It's, it appears to, appeals to children, or, or rather it appeals to the child in us, you know, the, with his very, the clever way of adults portraying children and the same people portraying the same characters when they when they grew up as well um, yeah but but it does it does require absolutely first rate acting mm. and it requires performers that are flexible and that can yeah can really think about what Willie Russell wanted
3: thinking about when you were going through the audition process yeah were you anxious at all about finding those people
7: Oh of course I was. Initially the first thing I said to them was I can't do this if they can't do the accent. Because I think the other thing that I, I would mention is I think Willy Russell wrote it as a tribute to Liverpool. It's uh, a love story about
3: Liverpool. Yeah, really, isn't absolutely.
7: It? Yeah. A ballad opera, I believe, is the the style. But it's yeah. And I, I, my worry was, oh my goodness, you know, am I going to get people who could actually convincingly put on a Liverpudlian accent but what I didn't reckon with is yes I have and people I've got people who will work on it to get better and better and that's what they're doing and I mean I'm proud of them already but I know I'm going to be beyond proud of them when, when it actually comes to the stage
4: stage with Mel and Mike thanks to the sponsorship and endless support of Free FM 89.0 and Creative Waikato that was the heartbreaking Tell Me It's Not True from Musical of the Week Blood Brothers. This was a really fun one to talk about. One of my besties is here to talk about it. Mm. Mike I know you love Blood Brothers. I love it Um, and we're all so familiar with it. It was really fun to just jam on this one.
3: Yeah to dig deep. Yeah. Mm. Mm. And before we come to a close for the week it just wouldn't be an episode of the show without a list of what's coming up around the place soonish.
5: Alright so soon to be performed by University of Waikato's third year theatre study students is The Three Sisters. It chronicles three and a half years in the falling fortunes of the four children of a recently deceased kennel in the Russian army. Sweets Irina, the youngest and most impressionable, tempestuous Marsha who was trapped in a loveless marriage, practical Olga who has resigned herself to spinsterhood and their brother Andrei whose ill-advised romance and compulsive gambling wreaks havoc on the family finances and eventually forces them out of their home. Weary of their small town surroundings, their siblings long to return to Moscow, the bustling metropolis they left 11 years ago. But unfortunately, ground down by disappointment, debt and the oppressive ordinariness of their daily lives, they're never able to get there. The Three Sisters is packed with action and emotion, including two tumultuous affairs, a fire that devastates the nearby town, and a duel that ends in the death of a major character. Yeah, it's
3: one of my favourite Chekhovs. I'm going to have so to It get doesn't oh, sound like classic Chekhov at all. A yeah, yeah. I was
5: just thinking. Oh, in Marsha. This sounds like <laughs> it sounds a, like a Chekhov, yeah. yeah.
3: That and Cherry Orchard are uh, two, my two favourite Chekhovs.
4: I only know the seagull. Mm. And what's that other one? Uncle Uncle Vanya. Vanya. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So you can put it all in your calendars. Here is our list of what's coming up around the place soonish.
3: So we'll kick off with the Me Too of the Longest Drink in Town, directed by Liam Hinton and Dave Taylor, opening 27th, running to the 30th of this month. Hysterical, created and performed by Carrie Rudzitsky and Olivia Hall, May the 5th and 6th. The Sherpa and the Beekeeper, written and directed by Matt Cambick, May 26th to the 29th. His Girl Friday, presented by Cinema Improviso, May the 7th and That Bloody Woman, coming up at the end of August, directed by Courtney Mayle and Kyle Tewin for Bold Theatre. Early bird tickets, I think, are still going till the end of Only just, week. yeah, they only
5: just. And at Rivoli Theatre, we have, of course, Blood Brothers, directed by Angela Walker for Hamilton Musical Theatre, May 14th to 28th. Sherlock Holmes and the Baker Street Irregulars, directed by Glenn Matthews for Hamilton Playbox on July 2nd to 16th. Up the
4: Way at Clarence Street Theatre, Shrek the Musical, directed by Nick Wilkinson, is coming up in the July school holidays, the 19th to the 23rd. And Krishnan's Dairy is coming back to Hamilton, presented by Indian Inc. That goes to stage on September the 8th through to
3: the 10th. As we just mentioned, Three Sisters by Anton Chekhov, presented by University of Waikato, third year theatre studies students, happening at the Gallagher Academy of Performing Arts, uh, June the 9th and 10th.
5: At the Navarra Lounge, we have open mic night tonight and every Wednesday. Doors from 6pm and bookings to perform are essential.
4: At the Wallshed Theatre in Te Aumuru, Tell Us a Story is presented by the Te Aumuru Light Operatic Society. That goes to stage in June. Te Auroha, Little Theatre, Death and
3: Taxes, April Phillips Play, opens Thursday the 23rd of June and runs, well, I haven't got an end date for that, but it uh, opens on the 23rd of June.
4: There's no end date on your, on your Facebook page, Te Auroha, mm-hmm. Little Theatre. I only know <laughs> the opening
5: back. It's an interesting gambit. At The Gaslight Theatre in Cambridge is Conjugal Rights by Roger Hall, April 30th to May 14th. And The Things I Know to be True by Andrew Boffle and directed by Chrissy Hodgkinson, July 30th to August 13th.
4: Matamata Dramatic Society has any port in a pandemic coming up by Richard Previtt. That's May 7th to the 14th.
3: The Theatre Players have got Moonshine, a hillbilly musical on stage mid-May.
5: Tim's Music and Drama have Mamma Mia, directed by Dan Connors, from May 28th to June 4th.
4: Rotorua Musical Theatre have *Stricken Through the 70s, directed by Shona Clout. That goes to stage July 15th
3: through to the 30th. Onafero Society of Performing Arts Peninsula by Gary Henderson, directed by Jess and Scott Lorimer, May the 28th to June the 5th.
5: Toronga Detour Theatre have The Old People Are Revolting by Devon Williamson, directed by Ken Williamson, June 16th to July 2nd. And Toronga Musical Theatre have That Bloody Woman, directed by Daryl Nitschka. It's open already and it's running until the 2nd of May.
4: Theatre Fakatani have School of Rock the Musical directed by my friend's mum Sue Harris June the 22nd until July the 9th.
3: At the Big Smoke, Auckland Theatre Company Scenes from a Yellow Peril by Nathan Joe, directed by Jane Young, June the 21st to July the 3rd. Long Day's Journey in Tonight by Eugene O'Neill directed by Shane Bosher July the 5th to the 30th and Dawn Raids by Oscar Kightley opens August 16th, runs to September 3rd.
5: In Auckland Live, we have The Wedding Singer, the musical, presented by David Van Enterprises. That's playing at the Bruce Mason Centre from June 30th to July 17th. And also Oliver, presented by the National Youth Theatre, playing in the Kiri Tikanua Theatre at the Aorta Centre. That's July 1st to 3rd. Didn't
3: she do well? She did well.
5: July
4: 1st to 3rd. First
5: to third. June
4: first 30th. First to third. First to third. I can't even do it. I wish I could have got to practice better. By way of upcoming auditions and opportunities, Morrinsville Theatre are very shortly auditioning the one-act play Husband Murderers Support Group, directed by Eckhard Becker, who's in Blood Brothers. Uh, auditions are on May the 1st, and you can find out more by checking out Morrinsville Theatre on Facebook.
3: Pataururu Theatre Players are auditioning for their 2022 season of Agatha Christie's The Mousetrap. It's going to be directed by Dave Shaw. Auditions are coming up Sunday the 1st and also on the 4th of May. And you can search Pataururu Theatre Players on Facebook. You'll find more information
5: there. 16th Avenue Theatre in Toranga are auditioning for the musical Puffs, coined as seven increasingly eventful years at a certain school of magic and magic. Ooh, Auditions are on May the 1st and you can find out more by checking out 16thavtheatre.co.nz. And last but certainly not
4: least, the Miss Cadaver Undead Beauty Pageant is still taking entries for the final ever Miss Cadaver Contest. Entries are open right now. They close August the 1st, and you can email Sandra on sandrajensen99 at com for more information.
5: Wow, there's so much going on, isn't there? It's really yeah. fantastic to see and hear about.
4: There's heaps. It's grand. So if you want to be involved or if you want us to tell people about something you're working on or an audition you want us to spread the word about, uh, give us an email on BackstagePodcastNZ Ooh, at gmail.com. Oh, Mike's Ooh. got something.
3: I just want to remind you that Geezes is definitely going to hit the stage at uh, the tail end of August.
4: We open on the 20th of August. I didn't make it onto the list this week, I see. But it shall. I see.
3: It'll be there next week, Mike, I promise. I'll make, I'll make sure your notes are up to date. And on that note, we're pretty much at the end.
4: Can't believe time flies so hard when you're having fun. So fast. Oh, gosh, doesn't it? Thanks to to creative waikato
3: for sponsoring us and to jacinta for being here
5: thank you so much for having me i uh, you've am been honored such, such a treasure you bring so much it. into the conversation
3: <laughs> and so much such a that, treasure that i <laughs> that's right miss jones you've got it um <laughs> no, thank no you. it's been r- really good to get your input telling me stuff i don't know already about uh, blood brothers and also just sort of fleshing out that whole liverpool experience oh, for me it's been really yeah. invaluable can't
5: wait to see it so i'll oh. I don't need to put my tickets, but I will be in the front row cheering you on, (laughs) mate. I'm sure. You probably
4: do need to book them. We should talk about that. We should, we should. Um, should. I'll be catching The Longest Drink at Town in the Meteor this week, so we can talk about that next week.
3: Yeah, I want to get a review on those loos too. Yeah. There's a whole lot of new national theatre at-home offerings too online, so I'm going to look out to catch one of those and um, report back on that too. I'll make that my undertaking over the next week on a night when I'm not rehearsing.
4: Angels in America is on there with Andrew Garfield. Uh, Yeah. I, saw, I just had to scroll through the other day um, for the long weekend. Kate and I wanted to watch some live theatre at home, and Angels in America is on National Theatre
3: Live. I did I've been Definitely. I've been seeing okay. all of their Facebook posts for the last couple of months, and Angels Guffey is such good stuff. Amazing. There. <sighs> anyway, otherwise I'll be rehearsing. just Hunter will be too. A little bit.
4: I'll be rehearsing a little bit too but otherwise we'll be back here next week I will be slamming your Instagram feeds with all of the links you need to listen and catch up and check out the albums that we've been listening to today
3: about and I will be back next week with another musical of the week up our sleeves, we don't know what it's going to be yet but it will be great and we're going to try and rope in another friendly guest so don't forget to stay home if you're not feeling well, take the test wear your mask if you're going out to face other people and keep being kind to one another please
5: And we're going out today with Light Romance Madman from Musical of the Week, the Liverpudlian show itself, Blood Brothers. Yeah.
4: Stay classy, theatre nerds. See ya! Bye!
6: There's a girl inside the woman who's waiting to get free. She's washed a million dishes and she's always making tea. They think she's just a mother with nothing left inside. One who swapped her dreams for drudgery the day she was a bride. But the dreams were not forgotten, just wrapped and packed away in the hope that she could take them out and dust them off one day. Hello? Could I
1: talk to Councillor Lyons, please?
6: There's a girl inside the woman and the mother she became. And a half-remembered song comes to her lips again.
2: Eddie, can I talk to you? Yeah, I remember. The girl would
6: sing the melody, but the woman stands in doubt and wonders what the price would be for letting the young girl out. It's
1: just a light romance nothing cruel, they laid no plans, and how we came, who can explain, they just said hello, and foolishly they gazed, they should have gone, their separate
7: ways.
0: If I was like him, I'd know some real birds. Apart from those in my dreams and in magazines. Just look at his hair. His hair's dark and wavy. It just isn't fair. Mine's the color of gravy. Each part of his face is in just the right place. Is he laughing at me, at my nose, did he notice That I should wear a brace, that I've got halitosis When nature picked on me, she chose to stick on me Eyes that don't match, I got ears to out She picked the wrong batch, when she handed mine out And then she attacked me, with permanent acne I wish I was a bit like, wish that I could score a hit like, be just a little
2: bit like that guy, that guy, I wish
0: that I could be like, or just a little less like me, like the kind of guy I see,
2: like that guy.